Thank you so much for joining us on the Vantage Point. We are walking through Luke chapter 2 this holiday season. Enjoy part 4. Luke chapter 2, verse 36. There was also a prophetess, Anna, a daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was well along in years, having lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, and was a widow for 84 years. She did not leave the temple, serving God night and day with fasting and prayers. At that very moment, she came up and began to thank God and to speak about him to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. When they had completed everything according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. The boy grew up and became strong, filled with wisdom, and God's grace was on him. This concludes the the time that Mary and Joseph would have had Jesus in the temple. So following along in the story, you have Jesus being born. You have the shepherds coming and, and praising him. And then you have Mary and Joseph taking him to the temple, which was a custom. It was what they were meant to do. And while there, they have two people who they get to experience and see. Jesus. And after concluding... Mary and Joseph quietly returned to Nazareth, where Jesus would grow up, live a life, become strong, be filled with wisdom, and God's grace would be upon him. A lot of people, they read this and they're like, well, if he's fully God, why does he need to have wisdom filled with him? Why why, why doesn't he just automatically know everything? And why doesn't he just, I mean, he's God. Why, Why does he need to grow? See, here's the beautiful picture of Jesus. Hebrews would say that we serve a high priest who isn't unable to sympathize with us. And what that means is we serve Jesus who has walked through everything that we've walked through. When you've been bullied, it is safe to assume that Jesus at one point or another was bullied. When you feel isolated, it's safe to assume that Jesus would have been put in situations where temptations of isolation would have come at him. He has faced everything that you face in this life. No, Jesus didn't have social media. No, Jesus didn't have instant communication. But Jesus endured what we are tempted with. See, at his core, the enemy attacks all of us. And his attacks may be different in tactics, but they're the same in the root of what they are. And in their root, those attacks are based on our insecurities, our independencies, our self-sufficiency. See, the enemy wants us to, to believe the lie that we don't need anybody but ourselves. The enemy wants us to believe the lie that we don't need God. The enemy wants to believe the lie that we are meant to impress other people. And it's all about us. When in reality, it has nothing to do with us. Left to our own devices, we are broken. We are fallen. We are inclined to disobey. We are inclined to bring pain into this world, are we not? 
We get angry. We get anxious. We get lonely. We get jealous. We get sick. We get hurt. All products of the fall. And see, what we see here is that Jesus, he grew up. And he dealt with stuff. People ask, why did he have to be man? Why did Jesus have to be man? Why couldn't he just be God? Because in his humanity, he is able to perfectly say that he endured everything that we endured. Well, why did he have to be God? Because in his deity, he is sufficient to take the punishment that was due our sin. We celebrate Jesus because he was fully God, fully man. In his humanity, he endured what we endured. In his deity, he demonstrated obedience to the Father and satisfied the wrath that our sin earned. This Jesus that we celebrate is counselor. This Jesus that we celebrate, he is comforter. This Jesus that we celebrate, he is healer. This Jesus that we celebrate, he is the author. He is the perfecter. He is the giver of life. He is the giver of hope. He is the supplier of miracles. He is the one that we cling to. In the darkest of days and in the or darkest of nights and in the brightest of days, he is there and he remains sufficient. If you don't know this Jesus today, don't leave this place without clinging to him. Place your trust and your faith in him. And if you know Jesus today and you're like, man, there's so many obstacles. There's, there's so many things that distract me in my walk. Like there's so many things that I focus on. There's so many lies that the enemy tells me and they're just so convincing. Throw those things to the dirt. Don't listen to the lies. The world feeds us with big lies. And sometimes I'm, I fear that we're afraid of big truth. But notice the best big truth in the world is that Jesus loves you and he's made a way for you and that he is bigger than any lie. And he is greater than any reward that this earth promises us. What is peace? It's the presence of Jesus. What is joy? It's the presence of Jesus. What is hope? It's the expectation of Jesus. Money fades. Popularity, it withers. Success, it's fleeting. Jesus remains forever. We're all here because people have spread the truth of this gospel. And listen, let me pull back the curtain. I don't sit in this chair in this moment as a pastor talking to you. I sit in this chair in this moment as a believer in the good news of the gospel. This has changed my life. And if you trust God and you seek him, it changes your life, I promise you. But only you can determine where your walk with Jesus will go once you leave here. My prayer for you all is that as you leave here and you enter back into holiday season, you leave here knowing who Jesus is and what he can do and perhaps even committed to seeking him and listening to his voice. 
Jesus, Lord. 